In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this week's Gospel is full of sheep, shepherds, sheepfolds and sheep rustlers. These are all traditional biblical images for God's people and their leaders, who may be good or bad. For example, the prophet Ezekiel wrote of true and false shepherds. Then there was David, the boy shepherd who became king, and from whose line the Messiah would come. And Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd, which is the psalm set for today. When you read John 10, it can seem a little confused. It's most likely a collection of individual sayings that have been collected together to form a composite unit. This explains why Jesus mixes his metaphors a bit. At first, he seems to be the shepherd for the sheep. Then he becomes the gate for the sheep instead. And lastly, the good shepherd. So which one is he? Some commentators urge us preachers not to get too bogged down in these details that don't quite fit together and to see the bigger picture instead. Yes, that's true, but to have a basic understanding of what sheep rearing was like in biblical times helps illuminate what Jesus is saying. Picture in your mind a village. Each family may have owned just one or two sheep and at night they were all kept together in one communal pen with a night watchman to guard over them. This night watchman is the gatekeeper in the reading. In the morning, the shepherd from each family, probably a child, would come out, call his own sheep from the pen and lead them to pasture. The sheep would respond only to their owner's call and to no one else. The sheep were given names and the owners knew their individual characters. In the summer months, sheep would be kept in pasture away from the village, too far for a night watchman to travel on a daily basis. It would then have been the shepherd's responsibility to lie across the gate keeping out wild animals fancying a tasty meal. Knowing a bit about the context of this reading within John's Gospel is also helpful. In the previous chapter, Jesus had healed a man born blind from birth. As you might expect, there followed a confrontation with the Pharisees, who were unhappy at the mercy Jesus had shown to the blind man. They threw the now-sighted man out of the synagogue and Jesus reprimanded the Pharisees for their spiritual blindness. Chapter 10 continues Jesus' conversation with them. Jesus spoke to them using images of sheep, shepherds, thieves and bandits that the Pharisees should have understood. But they did not understand him. Their spiritual blindness continued. Weren't they supposed to be the shepherds? And wasn't Jesus the sheep rustler? But it was the Pharisees who expelled from God's flock the man Jesus had given sight to. 
It is they who are scattering God's people. So, patiently, Jesus tried to explain again, contrasting the safety of the gatekeeper with the thief that comes to kill and destroy. Jesus is the gate, and whoever enters by him will be saved. You may be wondering what this gospel has to do with Easter season. One thing we have learnt from the resurrection narratives is that resurrection comes to each of us individually and in the way that we need. Think back over the stories of Mary Magdalene, Thomas and the couple on the way to Emmaus. They are all different stories but each character comes to know what the risen Christ means for them. In John's Gospel, we are the sheep, but sheep are all different. Jesus is the shepherd who knows us individually, knows our names and our characters and what we need to flourish. It's the last sentence in today's reading that links with resurrection. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It is Jesus, the shepherd, who cares for us, calls us by name so that we may have abundant life. That is resurrection. What does abundant life look like in this time of lockdown? One of the characteristics of this lockdown is that it is being experienced differently by different groups of people. So it is not like exile, in which a community all suffer the same thing together. There will be those people who are flourishing in lockdown, who have tried something they may never have tried before, or who are in a kind of retreat mindset and considering the big questions of life who they are and what they want, and may be preparing to make radical changes. There will be those who are struggling with loneliness or anxiety or who worry about loved ones. There are those who have been bereaved. This is a time of scarcity too. We as a church, both locally and nationally, have been reinventing things and through the power of digital communication, many more people are communicating with people they might not have had the opportunity to do before. People are doing things they haven't done before. This is a time of great creativity and imagination and it may well be that some of the new ways we've discovered about being church will stay after lockdown has come to an end, especially as the church seems to be reaching many more people than before. This is abundant life. But the church is also the faithful woman who has no desire for the intrusion of the online world in her life, who remains faithful to the words of the prayer book she was given as a child. This, too, is abundant life. It's not just the church that has had to reimagine things. In the world of music, teachers are giving online lessons and seminars and some world-famous musicians, such as the pianist Angela Hewitt, are putting out daily mini-recitals on social media, lifting the spirits and inspiring music-making. 
This is abundant life. Abundant life is someone in the garden, totally absorbed in caring for her plants, growing new things, tidying the weeds, compost making, who becomes aware in that moment that she is co-creating with God. Abundant life is the care home staff who, leaving their families behind, moved in with the residents to protect them from the coronavirus. We recognise these things as the abundant life of resurrection because we know the voice of Jesus. Jesus is the shepherd who calls us by name. How do we recognise his calling? God's voice will ring true in our hearts and be heard in a deeper place. It will be a creative calling, an invitation to work in partnership with him for the good of all creation and for the purposes of building the kingdom. The call may not leave us until we have answered or responded in some way. It will probably be something small and nuanced, but vital to the well-being of ourselves and our community. God's call brings wholeness and healing, though it may come with risk and ask us to be vulnerable. God's call is always the voice of love. Resurrection is about hearing God's call on our life and responding, letting ourselves be moulded and transformed so that we have abundant life. It was Irenaeus who said that the glory of God is a human being fully alive. We can be fully alive even in lockdown and by doing this we draw closer to Jesus, the human being who was fully, completely, wonderfully alive. Amen.